Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by Everbank. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jags Radio, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. The Jaguars host the Carolina Panthers in Week 17, kickoff Sunday at 1 o'clock at Everbank Stadium. A Jags win plus losses by both the Texans and Colts would mean the Jaguars would clinch the division title Sunday. A loss combined with Texans and Colts wins essentially ends the Jags' chances in the division since those two teams play each other next week. Then it's a fight for the wild card from there. If the Jaguars win both of the remaining games, no matter what the Texans and Colts do, then the Jags will clinch the AFC South. This week, they might have to do it without Trevor Lawrence. If the quarterback misses the game, it would be the first missed game in his career. For the fourth time this season, the starting quarterback is on the injury report, but this time it's an AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder. Lawrence with the media Wednesday. A little bit better today. Uh, last couple of days has been progressing pretty good, so still sore, but yeah, it's feeling, feeling a little bit better. You've had a few different injuries this year. Is this the most beat up in a season you've been in your football career? Yeah, I would say collectively, you know, it's kind of when one thing starts feeling a little better, something else happens. It's kind of been one of those years, but uh, just this game sometimes, you know, it's unfortunate, but just keep battling through it and, and get back as soon as I can. So you won't do much throwing this week, I would say, because of that. Yeah, that's the plan right now. Um, I mean, obviously things can change, but yeah, right, as of right now, don't plan on um, doing much today and, and we'll see tomorrow. We kind of take it day by day, but yeah. Not really going to throw any today, and um, from there, like I said, it's just you never know how things are going to heal up and how quickly you're going to recover. But um, right now, it's still pretty sore and still kind of working through the beginning stages of, you know, getting back. So we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes, but that's the plan right now. Why do you heal quickly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think. I don't know. I mean, I think. <clears throat> I think I'm blessed with some good genes, you know. I'm, I'm young too; that helps. I'm still young and can recover quickly, uh, <laughs> you know. So I'm sure as I get older, maybe that changes a little bit. But um, yeah, I think it's partly that stuff that I, you know, have no control over. And just I think I've been blessed to where I do heal a little, you know, quicker maybe than some people. Um, and then just you know, our training staff does a great job. Our medical team, I think we have great plans for coming back, and you know. Being able to get back quickly, I think they've done a great job of just, you know, taking me through different protocols and strengthening, whatever it is, treatment, strengthening, all those things to stay on top of it. Um, I think that's part of it, too, is preparing your body a certain way to where you limit injuries, but when they do come up, you kind of minimize them. So I think it's a mixture of all those things, but yeah. So you 
been in here. You, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like you kind of had the sense that you were going to be able to play <coughs> the following week uh, in your own head anyway. Is that sort of where you are right now, too, thinking? Yeah, you know, um, I, I honestly can't even really answer that question right now. Um, you know, of course, I would, I'll do anything I can to be out there and play. Um, you know, this is a little unique because it's throwing shoulder, uh, which can make things a little more challenging as a quarterback, kind of hard to, to work around that. You know, other, other body parts and things that are bothering you, you can, I feel like you can kind of work around a little bit, but that makes it a little tough. So we'll just have to see how it feels each day. Um, so I can't really answer that now, but of course I'm, I'm doing everything I can to be able to play, but um, I don't know what, what that looks like quite yet, you know, here on Wednesday, and it's still early. If he can't go, then it's up to backup quarterback C.J. Beathard, who spoke in the locker room Wednesday. I mean, I think I've had a lot of practice at it uh, for the most part. I think the first time it came up, you know, it was kind of a little uneasy just, you know, trying to figure it all out. But, like, you know, that's, that's part of the game is being a backup. You, you truly don't know uh, when you're going to be in, when you're going to be out. It could be one play. It could be you could be in for an entire game. It could be one play. And, um you just have to, to roll with the flow when it comes to that kind of stuff and, and just go with it. <clears throat> Last week, that fourth quarter, you got to play in. So do you think that'll, that'll really help you, let's say, if you do have to play this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think any game experience you can get helps uh, helps you in the long run. Um, it definitely felt good, like, being out there and, and kind of getting in a flow of things, for sure. What stands out the most from the Panthers' defense? Uh, they got they got a couple, a few really good young, young players, uh, Burns. Uh, JC, a lot of guys. Um, I think they're underrated uh, on, uh, you know, they don't get a lot of the, the worldly love and, and stuff that they should get. Their defense is playing at a high level, and, uh, you know, they've been really close in a lot of games, and the margin of error between wins and losses is, is so fine that, um, you know, they're not getting just blown out each and every week. They're really close, so it's it's a thing that we gotta we got to lock in and be ready to go this week for sure. How does the team get their confidence back when it feels like everything's kind of going wrong? Is it just getting an early lead? Like, what do you kind of attribute it to? Yeah, I think just, just it's a mindset to start. Uh, and, you know, I think just knowing that what's in front of us still is, is something to look forward to. The fact that we still are, you know, the lead of our division. We have so much to be playing for, playing for playoff spot and to win the division. That, you know, our goals are still right in front of us. Uh, you know, it's not like we're out of the hunt anymore. It's, it's, they're all still right there. So we have so much to play for. We really just have to watch the last four weeks and, and uh, learn from it and get better from it. But, but just move on and start anew for sure. Locker room sound available on Jaguars.com. Now to huddle up with Bucky Brooks Wednesday afternoon. Bucky, John Osher, and I reacted to the injury and more. Mm -hmm. Former player who, I don't know if you've ever had an AC joint sprain. I'm going to guess you, oh. you might have. Oh, I, I, I have. And if I could, I won't disrobe for you guys. You would see you're not on this shoulder <laughs> no, no. right here uh, from doing it multiple times. And I can tell you that it's extremely painful and it really hurts. And there's nothing that they can do. They can't give you a magic pill or uh, shoot it up or do anything like that to make the pain go away. Because when you land on it and you're crunched on it, like it hurts. It's one of the many ailments that Trevor Lawrence would have to deal with. The one thing that I, I, I wonder, um, at some point, he, he hasn't been able to practice because of all the injuries and those things. I do wonder if it gets to a point where maybe you sit him out for a game to let him kind of get back. So then he can come back, he can practice, and he can and, and, and play at, I won't say full strength, but at a, a, a better strength than just kind of like patching it together and playing. 
And I know when you look at both games and you say, hey, both games are going to be tough and they are going to be tough. I do wonder with Trevor being unable to practice and so many of the flaws and the, and the issues that the offense is having because of the lack of continuity, how much does his absence from practice kind of continue the disruption that they have in terms of being on the same page and the miscommunications? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's been the theme I've been hitting all week. I, I The only way I could see him not playing is if he can't if he can't practice tomorrow and they go in another week, JP, with, you know, it was a DNP last week, th- uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and then very limited Friday. Uh, the way it's gone the last two games when he hasn't practiced, uh, that gives me pause. I mean, I, he's your best chance to win, et cetera. But I don't necessarily know that it's all Trevor Lawrence, but the fact that he isn't practicing, is that what's causing the receivers not to be picking up some things in that offense, just that continuity thing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's any way to know, but that does – it feels to me like it's maybe more a chance of him not playing than it has been so far. When I say that, obviously, last week with the concussion was big too – but I think it's really dicey. Well, it's a throwing shoulder. I mean, let's, let's be yeah. honest with you, Bucky. I mean, that's if he can't throw the ball effectively, you know, he's having all this stuff anyway. I mean, you, you, all of a sudden you can't throw it, then you really can't operate the offense. And, and then the risk of further injury with this thing. You don't want that at all. However, the other balance, Bucky, to your point, is is a 75% Trevor Lawrence your best chance to win at quarterback? <laughs> I mean, so look, I, I, I can understand why you have to like suit him up and push him to play because you haven't been able to do anything uh, on the other side. Like if you if, if you could tell me that, hey, the offense is going to be okay because you can run the football for 150 yards and that's going to be enough to uh, provide C.J. Beathard with enough balance that he doesn't have to win it on his own. Yeah, it makes sense to sit Trevor. But right now, man, it's, it's been bad. It's been uh, no movement on the running game. You haven't been able to run it. You haven't to throw it every down. When you throw it every down, you don't have enough protection to be able to push it down the field. So it's a lot of screens and short things. And uh, it's tough because right now there have been so many injuries and and, and so like the revolving door everywhere at all the positions. It's just hard to hang your hat on anything if you're the Jaguar. So, yeah. Well, I think we're sitting here watching highlights where they streamed past and Cole Van Lannon and Tim Jones were both in the picture. Right. Not a knock on those two, but they're deep on the depth chart. So I think Bucky's point is exactly right. You know, so much of that uh, continuity, flow, whatever has been gone. I, I you know, um, the lack of continuity in practice and the practice performance, or the game performance post non-practicing, is the X factor. I don't. I, I don't think Doug would would ever tell you they have a better chance to win with C.J. Beathard in the game, um, except if there are just no reps and no flow at all from Trevor going into the game. Then I think he might consider, is this a week where we have to say, you just haven't practiced enough and we've seen that. Um, I don't know that that's a given that that's the case, but I think it has to be considered. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks Wednesday at 4 on Jaguars.com and Jaguars YouTube.
It's the final home game of the regular season, and it's all about you, Jags fans. Join us in celebrating the best fans in the league this Sunday, December 31st, New Year's Eve. Our fan appreciation game as the Jaguars entertain the Panthers. Go to jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000 and secure your seats now. In a moment, Fred Taylor reacts to joining the finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024. Plus, head coach Doug Peterson ahead of Week 17. All that after this. Jaguars fans, Everbank is building its future on the partnership and the performance you know and trust. Take advantage of high-yield savings solutions with Money Market, online savings, CDs, and more. Visit everbank.com slash jaguars today for your financial advantage. Everbank, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by Everbank. Good news for the Jags Wednesday night. Former Jags running back Fred Taylor was named a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2024. He is now one of 15 players in the modern era finalist list, and five from that list will make the class once the next round of voting comes in January. That means voters will have an opportunity to discuss Taylor's case in the room, so to speak, for the first time. Fred Taylor reacted with me this week. I feel good. I feel really good, man. Um, ah, it, it it hasn't all, all it hasn't completely sunk in. You know, I'm thankful. You know, I'm grateful. Uh, it's, it's another step closer. Um, man, it, it's. I try to downplay it, but at the same time, it's a big thing. But uh, I'm just, I'm just, ha- I'm happy. I guess that's all internal. I don't know how to kind of process it on the outside, you know, because I've gotten a ton of texts, a ton of calls, a ton of people. You deserve it. The public, they're rooting for me. Social media, people I don't know, they're rooting for me. So uh, it makes you feel great, right? It makes you feel really good about it all. I know it's still a lot of work to be done, but what we asked for was an opportunity to be in the room. And uh, this gives us that opportunity. Um, I, I think that now the 50 selectors, they have an opportunity to, to uh, understand or get to know who Fred Taylor was as a player, as a person, you know, uh, maybe understand that I don't have as many touchdowns because I was taken out on them one or two a few times because I was that type of teammate. Or maybe understand that I faced the best defenses uh, uh, and coaches in a, in a particular division early on and my career wasn't a one-off. It was fairly consistent, minus the injuries. That's one of the bigger things, highlights. Uh, truly unfortunate, but that was because of how I played the game. Uh, but when you look at some consistency, the seven 1,000-yard rushing seasons, my yard yard per carry average, I do have 66 touchdowns. Not a ton, but there's a lot of touchdowns there. And some other stuff. I played against some amazing Hall of Famers who can actually vouch uh, for my career. And when you talk about the eye test, and I'll say this, and we can wrap up Hall of Fame talk, JP. Uh, when Jim Brown said, um, Taylor, is he's my best favorite back to watch. He's my guy. You know, I think that should, you know, uh, wrap up and solidify the eye test category. I don't believe the selectors need to hear from anyone else when it comes to uh, the eye test part. And the rest, they can get it from the guys that I actually played against or the coaches and in front office uh, uh, people that uh, coached against me. They, they knew what I brought to the table when I showed up on Sunday. 
Fred Taylor with us. How did you find out? Well, um, if I tell you, I might have to hurt you, JP. Uh, <laughs> you know, yesterday, um, you know, I had been talking, I had been working with uh, 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 Sam throughout this process. And uh, Sam called me and said, I think we got a shot. You know, he, he went to Spilly Beans. He said, hey, look, I think we got a shot. And then last night he called me again. He was like, this thing is going to go on at 8 o'clock. You know, um, I was like, okay, what is he saying? Is he saying I should tune in? But I fell asleep because I drove back nine hours from Destin from a Christmas trip. So uh, I slept through the entire thing, uh, much like I had been done in the past. I, I didn't know what it would come of, what would come of it. Uh, but again, I woke up to a couple hundred text messages, uh, and that was how I found out. On Jags AM Thursday, Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, and John Ozier reacted to the news as well. And off, Taylor there he goes. Fred Taylor breaks the tackle. He's on the run. 10, 5, touchdown, Fred Taylor. And Jacksonville reclaims the lead. Monday night football moment for Fred. Always helps when you can have those big games on a primetime stage so other people remember it as well. If you go back and look at that game, Fred had been hampered by a hamstring all season long and he hadn't played a whole lot. That was a Monday night game and home field advantage was on the line for the playoffs. And Fred didn't start that game and didn't play a whole lot till the fourth quarter. That may have been his third or fourth carry. And of course, it was the game-winning touchdown. And I love the fact that they show the highlight there at the end that about the four-yard line, he just put sort of jumped effortlessly from the four into the end zone. I mean, he was such a gifted football player, physical specimen. He could do things that other people couldn't. John, what's the, what does this step mean to this process? Obviously, we know he's made the semifinalists five times before, um, but to get to the final group to be heard, what is that process like and what does this mean? Well, as we talked about, it, it, it puts you in the room in the conversation and uh, that's when the voters start talking to each other. Um, hey, sell me on your guy. Uh, tell me why he should be in. It's when the voters start calling people in their area, in their world that they know, uh, a team president, a scout who scouted this guy, a head coach, a player who played against him, and they start trying to figure out um, who should be in. One thing that I think fans and observers of the process when their guy doesn't get in they get very upset and and it's understandable uh i can tell you from it, and they criticize the process mm -hmm. there's no great process for the hall of fame there's not another one out there that's better uh what i can tell you is it, it is from knowing the people and being at super bowls when i've heard guys talking about this um the voters care about it they spend a lot of time not with their jobs but with talking to other people uh asking questions trying to get it right they all want to get it right there's 15 guys at, as baselli said multiple times everybody on the 15 list deserves to be in so you're talking about sometimes it's not even the most deserving guy that year it's how it falls but there is a process in this that a candidate gains momentum sometimes over years i thought it happened with tony the more he's talked about then all of a sudden he finishes 12th that year or 7th and more and more voters say you know what I didn't vote for him this year but at some point we got to get him in and that's sort of the momentum that can build for a guy uh, and I think that's what will happen with Fred I'm not sure he gets in this year but I think once people start talking about him and watching him again 
the momentum is going to build for Fred. Jags AM, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Jaguars.com and Jags YouTube. Now to cap off the week, the Doug Peterson Show, where the head coach knows it's all about the Jags, no matter what's going on around the division. You could clinch the division title, a win, and a couple losses from the other teams. I know you're not going to want to hear that right now. It's all about the Jaguars, though, right? It is, and and we've got enough on our plates to uh, to work on and, and to improve upon. Um, and, and so, we, you know, it, it just comes down to just us taking care of us and doing our jobs and taking care of our business and, and, and focusing uh, internally, you know, improving as a football team. And uh, if we do that, then, you know, then good things are going to happen for us. And part of that is bouncing back from a game that was disappointing in all aspects. I mean, you've been a part of that, I'm sure, as a player. I've been a part of that as a player, and you've been a part of that as a coach. How do you kind of regain the focus to bounce back from a game like that? You know, I think the, the number one thing is, is, is to put it behind you as fast as possible, obviously, you know, given, given the players, obviously, Christmas Day and Tuesday off to kind of get away from us and us away from them and, and, and really come back the next day and, and say, hey, listen, guys, our goals are still right in front of us. The goal to win the AFC South is still right there, you know, and, and we've got to do everything we can to, to figure out how to win a game and, and, and um, you know, try to win the AFC South. So, you know, I'll tell you this, the guys are still talking the right things. They're still believing the right things. Um, there's no finger pointing. Um, if anything, it's, it's bringing us a little bit closer. And I, and I think, uh, you know, that's a good thing this time of year. Well, and, and getting closer is – you can't do it with, unless you're close. Do you bring in kind of that leadership group that you have on this football team to talk to them kind of before the week starts, or do you just kind of do that throughout the week? You do it kind of throughout the week, um, and you kind of let it – for me, it's, it's kind of organic, right? You just kind of let it naturally happen. And, and you know, and, and our, our guys, our leadership group, when I met with them on Wednesday, you know, again, they, they were saying the right things, and, and – you know they know that as a team and as individuals we got to play better. Coaches know that we have to coach better, and and we got to prepare our players better. Um, and it's not a bunch of like major change. It's just focus on the details, focus on some of the little things, some of the simple things that keep, you know, creeping up in ball games, and and uh, and making sure that we take that to the practice field and, and we work on them. So, you know, it, but when it comes to the players, just kind of letting that happen naturally uh, has been the best practice because. Again, the best teams I've been a part of, player or coach, are the ones that are led by the team. The Doug Peterson Show each Thursday at 5 on the Jaguars Radio Network. Check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network as well. You can subscribe on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download pods. We love the feedback, of course, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. We have arrived at Week 17, and the Jaguars host the Carolina Panthers Sunday, December 31st on New Year's Eve. We're on the air on our flagship station in Jacksonville, 1010XL, Sunday at 10 a.m. with the Public Tailgate Show. Then at 12, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. The official kickoff time set for 1.02 p.m. at Everbank Stadium. Happy New Year, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented by Everbank. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 